0: Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another deep dive with Father Sean, the Super Catholic Catechesis Ooh, the Super Catholic Catechesis podcast. This is inspired by the Catechism's reminder that times of renewal in the Church are also intense moments of catechesis, and so that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do, folks. We got an intense moment of catechesis here. we we're, we're concluding our time in Scripture here after. Having thought about you know where it came from, you know, how was it put together, what does it mean, how do you how do you make sense out of it? Um, but this is a little bit more practical here, in how Scripture touches us at our daily daily existence and our daily living. Um, this is a big deal. Uh, so I'm going to draw a lot from my own personal experience. Give a little bit of my own testimony here. And uh, I think you know people always like that. Like to hear a little bit of, of what's going on, how this become a relevant thing in this person's life. So, to help it become a re- relevant thing in my life, so I hope to hope to help you with that. And so, without further ado, let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, we praise you, the true Word of God, spoken from from all eternity, sharing in the fullness of divinity the emanation of the Father, pure gift of light. And we, we honor you and thank you. Please send your spirit to illumine our hearts, to enlighten our hearts, so that we may have the soil of our hearts well-tilled and prepared to receive the seed of the word that is given to us through Holy Scripture. Help us during this time to have vulnerability in our hearts so that we can, we can adopt Scripture into our, our daily lives more fully and completely. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Through the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Very, very good. So, as I mentioned, I'll, I'll begin with a little testimony here, and I'll have maybe a couple other things that I want to mention about my own experience. Uh, so, when I went off to college, I stopped praying. I didn't have a great prayer life beforehand. I certainly remember times when I prayed on my own as a kid, and then certainly we prayed as a family quite regularly, pretty much every day, every night at least before meals, and then I went off to college and didn't eat meals with my family, didn't pray at night with my family, so it kind of stopped. I'm sure I probably still prayed before meals. However, I needed a little wake-up call, and there's another story involved with this, but one of the ways that I learned how to pray was, was through one of the monks. So I was at St. Gregory's University, where you can still find St. Gregory's Abbey. The university has closed since. And one of the monks there is St. Charles, St. Charles Buckley. If anyone bumps into him, give him a shout-out from Father Sean O'Brien, a former student. So one day he got a group of us students. It was a small group, probably three, four of us. I really don't remember. And he was going to share with us how to pray with Scripture in, a way, in accordance with the, the ancient Benedictine way. This ancient Benedictine way is called Alexio Divina. And so he had some scripture prepared. We opened up our Bibles. We read it once. We read it twice. Maybe shared what was interesting to us, what our hearts had highlighted there. And that was the simple process. Uh, this is a model that that I still continue to use. I still continue to use because it made a big difference in my life. And I will tell you how. We read from Isaiah chapter 49, the prophet Isaiah and in that, these are the words that I heard, that we read. Hear me, coastlands, listen, distant peoples. <clears throat> before, the, before birth, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he gave me my name. He made my mouth like a sharp-edged sword, concealed me, hid, shielded by his hand. He made me a sharpened arrow. In his quiver, he hid, hid me. He said to me, you are my servant. and you, Israel, I show my glory. I don't know why that priest chose that passage, but this was really transformative of, of my self-understanding, of my understanding how I was connected with God uh, in different ways. And the fascinating thing is, through, throughout these years, it's been reinterpreted more deeply in a in relationship with my current context. When I read it back then, this is how I understood it. This is not just how I understood it, but this is what God was speaking to me through this. As he was playing on this image of being a deadly weapon and yet being hidden and concealed. Uh, My mouth like a sharp-edged sword, but concealed, shielded by his hand. A sharpened arrow, but in his quiver he hid me. How strange is that to have such a, a fierce deadly weapon, but yet hidden away. And I thought about my younger life when I was so shy I was a hidden person. I I did not do anything, (laughs) essentially. You know, I did not do anything public. And I was very hidden, very concealed. And at the same hand, in this moment, I just felt like God had a real big purpose for me. He had carved me out to... to be part of his army, to be part of his military, you know? To to go out there and, and fight these battles. And... And so that's kind of how this play of being a deadly weapon, yet also being concealed, made sense in my life. That he had made me for his his, his divine, his ch- Christian army. And yet, at the same hand, he had a time period where he just kept me in his quiver. He hidden me away. And no one was going to see me, know me, and that that was going to be fine. In different ways, this has been reinterpreted in an, I think, authentic way. Prayerfully, I've reinterpreted this. Um, not taking away when the past, but just kind of having deeper layers of this, uh, having the deeper layers of Scripture cover me, but also you could say kind of pull back the layers of my heart to see what's going on. But, but definitely through more lived experience, uh, this has been deepened and prof- made more profound. So I'm so thankful for this, so, so thankful for this true encounter with Scripture, really, really profound. There have been other times in my life when Scripture has spoken to me, None as profound as that moment there. Um, Because that wasn't my call to the priesthood. That was just my call to the Christian life, (laughs) which I had not been terribly attentive to. Um, But in this moment, God gave me a sense of purpose. He gave me a sense of mission. I'm a man on a mission. Uh, God has given birth to me, and and he's done so for a reason, a real reason. He's claimed me for his own. He has sent me. And so, I mean, this is what I knew this in my head beforehand, but I didn't hear it uh, that I didn't hear that voice from God that, that spoke to me and that awoke me up from my my sleep. And then this is what God's Word can do to us. You know, there's been other times in my life when probably more I've been mm, discouraged or kind of just felt bummed out about different things. Maybe, you know, there was one experience particularly uh, when I was just thinking, oh, the church is just... Not what I was hoping it was going to be. You know, the pastor here is is not quite. You know, it's not what I'm hoping for. And through reading scripture, just boom. You know, God God speaks to me and encourages me and and gives me me hope. He gives me hope. And I've never heard a voice from God, but I've heard His words. I've heard His words. This is the beauty of of God's words. So what this priest taught me, Father Charles taught me this Lexio Divina in this group setting. This was something that I just kept on doing. I was like, well, I guess I can do that. And I think at this time, I had already kind of designated time every day to pray. I've had my renewal of prayer, but I didn't know what exactly I was doing other than just trying to give God my best, which was real. (laughs) But there was some form that could be developed on this. And scripture provided that form. It provided God's way to get into my heart. And so... Ever since then, I've continued to do Lexio Divina in different formats, but this is the primary format. Um, St. Benedict, it's kind of associated with him, this Lexio Divina. Lexio Divina means divine reading or sacred reading, and it's just kind of slowing down and chewing on Scripture. Uh, traditionally, it's been associated with, you know, you do one line at a time, one paragraph at a time, one gospel story at a time, something like that. Um, and There's different ways of doing it. I'll talk a little bit about that as well. But but this is how so that's Saint Benedict that's been associated with the Benedictine Order, but Pope Benedict gave also a particular renewal to this as well as he describes it. So he describes this in four four stages or steps you might call them. And they're they're to be done out of order. There's a flow to it, but you can always go backwards and for example, the first step is reading it. Well, later on in these steps, you know, if your mind's distracted, you can go backwards too and read it again. <laughs> that's the nice part about it. And, you know, we pray as God wants us to pray. You know, there's, there's no lesson in prayer that that is going to be authoritative. The, the authority on prayer is Jesus and to do what he wants us to do in prayer. But I think scripture is, is essential, and this is a good way of getting into scripture. The four parts, there's also a fifth part that he contributes. So it's, I'm going to say these five parts here, and then we're going to go into them in a little bit more depth. First is reading, or lexio. I'm going to give you the Latin name, too, just because they kind of rhyme, sounds nice, and uh, you can impress your friends. Don't be proud, don't be proud, don't impress your friends, don't show off, but uh, you will commonly hear this. Among the different Latin phrases, this is perhaps some of the more common ones. The reading, the lexio. The second is meditation, meditatio. The third is prayer, oratio. The fourth is contemplation contemplatio and then the fifth that pope benedict adds is action axio it's very relevant that he adds it but um, it's not traditionally recognized as to be a part of it but it is very significant nonetheless so this lexio pope benedict says it opens with the reading of a text which leads to a desire to understand its true content what does the biblical text say in itself without this there's always a risk that the text being on a pretext for never moving beyond our own ideas. So the importance of Scripture is that we are brought out of ourselves. We, are, we get ourselves out of the way and we have an encounter heart to heart with God. His heart is revealed to us and it's impressed upon us. Um, but we need this Scripture and we have to have a desire to get at what Scripture really wants to say. We need to really attune our ears to this. And if we don't, well, you know, we're gonna get in the way. Now we're gonna hear the same thoughts that we always think. We're gonna hear only our own ideas. So this reading, this this humble reading, this this prayerful reading, just being present to God and letting His Word impact us. Uh, think of a piece of clay, and then you got um, a stamp, and you and you stamp it into that clay. That clay is gonna retain that shape. It's gonna retain that shape. That's what this reading is here. Uh, it's the stamping of God's heart, will, mind, soul, love into us. He doesn't have a physical soul, or his souls aren't physical. He doesn't have a human soul until Jesus in the incarnation. Anyways, the second is meditation, meditatio, which asks, what does the biblical text say to us? That phrase to us is big. Here, each person individually, but also as a community of the as a member of the community, must let himself or herself be moved and challenged. So we, we allow that stamp to approach us, to touch us, but then we, we say, okay, what's the shape of, of God's will for me here? What is God specifically saying to me? This is his big message that he gave. when scripture was written 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. But what does it mean to me? What does it mean to us today? What does it mean for my church? What does it mean for my family how must I adapt myself? What's going on here? And we kind of get a sense that, okay, God's message, even though written a long time ago, is still relevant. And we use our minds. We bring our minds to this. And we we try to absorb this and get the sense of how it is relevant. Relevant is a big word here. What's it saying to us? The third step is prayer, oratio, which asks the question, what do we say to the Lord in response to his word? So, prayer as petition, intercession, thanksgiving and praise is the primary way by which the word transforms us. Okay? This is our first our first response to the word of God. We're hungry for it, we let it imprint us. We we see how it's relevant through that meditation, but now we're saying, "I'm choosing to change. I'm I'm responding to God here. I'm lifting up my heart and my mind to him." And I'm I'm asking for the grace for strength and the patience with my family, or I'm I'm asking for that that support regarding chastity, or I need to have some more clarity here, so I'm asking for deepening clarity. So there's all these different kind of things, you know. It's just praising God. Thank you, God, for 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 revealing this to me. This is so good. Thanks for showing me who you are. Thank you for showing me who I am. I need you, Lord. Praise be you. So all these different ways are legitimate. Fourth is contemplation. Lexio Divina concludes with contemplation, contemplatio, during which we take up as a gift from God his own way of seeing and judging reality and asking ourselves what conversion of mind, heart, and life is the Lord asking of us? So now it's God kind of infusing his life into us. The word contemplation is used in all kinds of different ways. Uh, if you open up the catechism, the catechism kind of gets around this by defining it in a number of different ways. You know, I think the simple thing is it's a, it's a communication. It's a sharing between friends. It's a sharing between friends. Um, it's looking at him and having his eyes rest upon us and transform us and melt us. And as we pray to God, as the scripture has inspired us to do so, God's then deepening, deeper response to our prayer is is to support us in that prayer and to allow us to have that strength to continue. Whether we feel it or not, you know, just because we don't feel it doesn't mean that God's not doing it. Very good. So this final step is action axio and this moves the believer to make his or her life a gift for others in charity scripture is to aid us in holiness and holiness is charity if we're reading scripture and we're not growing in charity we're doing it wrong just to put it plainly it is to one way or another have us grow in charity whether we'll to think more charitably to understand the world more charitably to to experience God's love for us more charitably and to share that charity with others. Sometimes that charity might look like patience or it might look like um, being resolved to, to give a bigger smile to people today, whatever it is. But this action is a big step. Another man, Tim Gray, he's the president of the Augustine Institute and he's a great scripture scholar. And he's just super well-known for just the way that he presents scripture. He's so good at it. He's so good. He's a great teacher. And, you know, this is part of his daily prayer, as he as he says. And instead of calling it axio, he calls it resolutio. He makes a resolution. In fact, he says that he writes it down on a piece of paper. He kind of writes down his little lexio at the beginning of the day. And he says, okay, God spoke to me here. I feel like this is God's message. This is how it's relevant to me. And this is what I will do today. I will resolve to be more helpful in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, simple things like that. You know, this is how we grow. We don't. Sometimes we might grow in big ways, but generally, it's just it's just doing the refined polishing, the refined polishing, and to have a concrete resolution. Today, I will do this is really a, a huge game-changing thing. So, this is one way of absorbing scripture, praying with scripture. I will also say that I've been inspired by Saint Philip Neri. Saint Philip Neri, he taught people to to absorb scripture by by just reading through it, reading through it. And as your heart is warmed by a particular word or passage, pause there. You know, you don't there's no rush, there's no race. Just pause there, let the spirit of God move in your heart. You know, taste the words, ponder them, think about it. Um in a certain sense it's kind of like reading through a gospel and you're just kind of moving through it chapter one then maybe chapter two and then there's boom a passage that jumps out to you and then you might slow down and and read it again and have a little bit more meditation uh, prayer contemplation you might have a resolution that comes out of this so this is a this is a thing that's that's good and helpful and and beautiful i really like what he teaches about praying with scripture um, you know, you don't have to go to the hardest passages of the Bible. You know, don't don't start with the hardest passages. You know, start, start in the Gospels. Start in the Gospels. Look to the Old Testament for some of these great classic stories. St. Paul's letters are so good. Sometimes they can be deep and you don't understand them. You know, that's okay. Just jump to the next thing. Um, there's no test. You know, this is trying to absorb God's message for you. This is what we're trying to get at. He might teach you. He might encourage you. He might console you. He might... Reveal something of yourself to you, or of him to you, or of the world to you, or of his grace and his church to you. I don't know. But but it's God's letter of love, his love letter to you, this holy scripture. So, I hope that's helpful. Um, You know, even more recently, I have adopted a, a new way of using scripture to address questions of discernment. To address questions of discernment i I'll give you a recent example uh we had a frustrating circumstance recently and there was a group of three of us who kind of sat together after this experience and we said, you know what in the world is happening what do we do what do, how do we respond you know what's what's a what's a pastor what's a parish team to do to respond to kind of people's lack of interest or whatever it might be and so in this question I said okay you know let's let's pray let's invite God into this you know let's so the, there's a couple of steps here first was inviting holy Spirit come holy Spirit help us out here reveal something to us console us give us grace give us a little insight um, if there's a, an image or a piece of scripture that jumps out to us you know that's awesome you know let's 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 look into that and so we, we prayed together and kind of let the silence sit. I kind of let the silence sit. You know, I didn't have scripture in my hand at that time. You know, it was just kind of, you know, what's God saying to us? And just having a, an environment, a space of trust where people could say whatever they think God might be kind of poking at, whether they are using to speak to us. We might be wrong, but just having that trust just to put something out there and see if it echoes in anyone else's heart. Uh, there were a couple of verses that jumped to mind amongst the group, and but we didn't know exactly how they were relevant. We didn't know exactly how they were relevant, um, but they were all from the same chapter, from the chapter of the Gospel of John. And so I was like, you know what? Okay, let's let's adapt this prayer. Let's let's pull this Bible down and open it up to the Gospel of John, chapter fifteen, and read it. And I read two verses, maybe it was three, and my heart was struck. It was really radical. I did not expect it, and tears filled my eyes, and tears rolled down my cheek. And I was like sitting with these two ladies here. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? <laughs> but uh, you know, I you know just you just sometimes you just gotta take it like a man. And if if God touches your heart, you just gotta say, God has touched my heart, and I'm just gonna experience it as God desires me to experience. And if that includes tears, well, that's okay. And if that includes public tears, oh, that's okay as well. And that's what happened. I'm not a crier. I don't don't ever cry. But, man, God just did something right there. And I knew, I knew what God's plan was in that moment. And and that's been the path that I've been trying to walk down since. Um, You know, I'm not perfect, and uh, I've got my weakness in this particular path that God was calling me to was, was hard and challenging and I'm not doing a perfect job at it and I don't know how to do a perfect job. But but in that moment God gave me clarity and he gave me confidence. I was just like, whoa, that was a big moment of grace that I was not expecting at all. I was thinking that God might say, well okay, well maybe there's maybe maybe focus over here or look over here. Or, you know, maybe put your put your effort in this other direction but no it was just like boom that really really surprised me and, and impressed my heart with with his plan so you know if, if you're as a family as a couple as a group of friends as a parish or going through something and you don't know what to do you know just invite the holy spirit in have a little quiet and a and invite people to be attentive to the Holy Spirit. And if there's an image that's jumping to mind, or if there's a there's a piece of scripture that jumps to mind, or whatever else, you know, in this group of trust, you know, throw it out there. It might not be anything, or it might be something, and that's for the group to decide and to discern, to discern. Because this is a big process of discernment. Sometimes God's will is crystal clear, and other times, nope, we got to discern it. But, But... Have those communications of trust. Have those communities of trust and allow God's work, to uh, God's word to get inside of you. So as we've been walking through Holy Scripture here, this is kind of how I desired desired to conclude. Uh, I think it's very, very relevant. So just to give a quick little review of what we've been talking about. First, we talked about how Scripture was written, that it was written... By real human beings, it was written in a real way by real people uh, who are in real circumstances um, but totally hundred percent by God as well. sometimes it was kind of a i don't know if I would say a team effort, but it was kind of a layered effort, a historically layered effort um, and then specifically for the gospels, you know which came first the the Bible excuse me the gospel or or the church so the church came first because the church is responsible for writing the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were members of the church. Paul, Jude, James, Peter, they were all members of the church. Secondly, how do we have the Bible that we have today? Well, this was a big process of discernment from the early church. There's no way around it. The books that we have in the big Bible, in the canon of Scripture, this measuring rod uh, for our faith, it's just simply what the church discerned. You know, the church... had to decide this. Had to figure this out. Had to keep keep its ears open to the Holy Spirit to know what to do. And um, that's that's just kind of how it was. Uh, there's a little bit of the complication with the Old Testament um, because the the Protestant quote unquote reformers they opted not to accept some of the Old Testament books that the early church fathers had accepted because of linguistic reasons more than anything, I think. Though some people would probably say there were other reasons. The four meanings of Scripture is what we talked about more recently. And, you know, this is the past, present, future. Uh, The past is the literal meaning. You know, what were the authors trying to communicate to us? We can't jump to something bigger. Then the secondly is this, this, this... present moment. What does it mean for me today? Um, this is the moral sense. Sometimes they call it the spiritual sense, but the moral sense. What does it practically mean for our living of the Christian life today? And then thirdly, the anagogical sense. Look into the future. Look into the future. Uh, what does it mean about the coming of Christ? Then there was a fourth meaning, uh, sense of scripture, and this was the allegorical sense. I love it. Seeing these parallels. Seeing these parallels. Um, there's the old Adam and Jesus, the new Adam. That's one allegory. So I love, love that. And then more recently, we had the qualities of a reader of Scripture. You know, we got to be humble. We have to be attentive to the Holy Spirit. We can't impose what we want on Scripture. Uh, We have to read it with the church, through the eyes of the church. Uh, We need to be aware that there's a depth that we will not access to. Uh, we don't have access to. We don't know all the languages perfectly. Even the, the great scholars, there's a few words that they don't know how to translate. And so, you know, if they can't do it, how do we think we can do it? There's a whole different culture and language and background that uh, is really hard to access. And so we need to kind of take advantage of the commentators that that are around to to be able to understand that. So anyways, thank you all very much for tuning in. Um, This has been Father Sean with Deep Dives with Father Sean, the Super Catholic Catechesis podcast. Share this with a friend. If it's been helpful to you, leave a positive review, review. Negative reviews are not welcome. I guess you can do it if you want, whatever. And may God bless you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Adios, amigos. Bye.